Well, hello, White Sox fans. Welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Life. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Ah, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm I'm doing well, man. You know, just uh, getting through the uh, the grind of of the workday here lately, and uh, patiently waiting for regular season baseball to begin. But uh, you know, all in all, enjoying watching a little bit of the WBC. And, uh, you know, catching as many highlights as I can of the untelevised Sox spring training games. But, you know, here we are, man. So, uh, you know, all in all, pretty well, man. How you doing, bro? Not too bad. I don't know. You, uh, if you licking your wounds or... over here? Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you, uh, you know, hurt or not. But, uh, hey, Xavier, how you doing? Thanks. Um, yeah, I was in the... The 108 tourney today and uh, summarily got my, my whoopings and uh, lost 65 to 35%. Wah, wah. But uh, I'm just right. happy that I didn't get single-digit votes. So that's right. a step in the right direction. <laughs> this so, is the, uh, you know, the five or six of us over here at uh, White Sox Daily. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it was kind of one of those things, you know, like when, when I got added, I was completely surprised. Um I didn't have any idea that was happening. So that was, you know, it was a pleasant surprise. But, uh, you know, the way I looked at it was I kind of figured I wasn't going to win. Um, lost to uh, Southside Mofo, which, you know, hey, there's uh, no shame in, you know, in losing. You know, lots of lots of big names went down today. Uh, James Fox from Future Sox ended up losing and uh, – Nick Murawski also, I mean, it's like uh, my sock summer, who's part of, you know, from the 108, uh, he also got, uh, got ousted today. So, you know, like, I got no shame in it. The, the way I look at it, you know, is that, uh, it gets eyes on the site and, uh, I got some new, new followers and, uh, followed some new people on White Sox Twitter today. And it's all about, uh, you know, coming together as community, as far as I'm concerned. You know, no salt. Absolutely. Here, so. um, but yeah, everything uh, everything else is great. Um, got our last uh, indoor practice for my kids' team coming up on Saturday. So uh, finally start getting outside here, although I don't know if the weather is going to cooperate. But, uh, you know, getting back outside and doing some nice outfield practice and actually being able to hit uh, actual pop-ups for uh, kids to practice and stuff. So that would be cool. Um yeah, other than that, everything's good. Can't complain. Um, I can't complain that the White Sox again at Camelback Ranch today were not televised again. Ugh. Unbelievable, man. Five total spring training games, according to uh, what I've found listed. Is is that right? There's well, be on, a co- on Comcast Sports, yeah, there are there are some more uh, webcasts, and if you you know like some of the other teams on uh, you know ha- have on their website as well have broadcast some and uh, on their TV networks. So you know there's there's more than than that, but you know like I thought today was televised. It was on uh, you know it said on on the list it said it was on A's cast, which I find out you know like i didn't know what a's cast was and who knows what the heck these teams call their thing but uh a's cast is literally internet radio 
So I got to listen to the the game on the radio. So that was something, but you know, certainly not what you want for a Dylan Cease second start, especially after point two of an inning with eleven runs allowed. Every guy you yeah. let on base in your last outing scored. Uh, you know, like I was interested to see what Cease was doing out there. And uh, he did manage to get some outs. He, I think he went 3.1 with four strikeouts, I think. Um, yep. Tightened up his slider after the first inning from what I understand. Um, so at least the numbers were a little bit better. And I, you know, from what uh, James Fegan said is that his velocity was up a couple of miles an hour. So that's good as well. But, uh, you know, like we didn't really get to see, a, you know, what we need to see because there's literally no broadcast. There was a couple of highlights they put up on Twitter, but that's about it. So kind of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree. Uh, you know, maybe it's because of the WBC. I don't really know. There's a lot of coverage on that, but you know, most of it's FS one, you, you know, you might get a, a game or two on uh, MLB network, but you know, for the most part, it's been FS one and I don't even to be honest, which is, is MLB network even. They play playing? replays in the morning I was just following the, following the, the not, game for team USA anyway. Yeah. They're not doing any live games. So I don't know. I, you know, I was thinking maybe it was a coverage thing. Maybe uh, it was, uh, I don't honestly, I, I don't get it. I, I honestly don't get it. And, you know, we kind of go through this every you know, spring training and camp where we're we're hoping to see more, but I feel like this season, uh, it's it, it's really kind of a, a a huge dip. At least it feels that way to me. I don't know. Maybe we're just anxious. What do you think? You know, I don't know. I, it's like uh, I felt like last year that there was a lot more games televised than this year, um, and, and you know, some of it was there was more webcast than others um and that's why we saw more but i you know hey i'm into that and uh you know from the the rumors that i had heard was that it was uh due to due to lack of fan interest which i find hard to believe um yeah it's kind of kind of aggravating i mean i do understand that there was more excitement going into last year than this year just because of the way that the White Sox have handled more or less everything over the last year um, between the subpar play last year and the fact that they hired TLR and people, you know, the first year were okay with it because at least they made the playoffs and they had a good record. But then after last year, everybody was, you know, out for TLR's head from, I don't know, like two weeks into the season. So <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, like I, I get it why – you know, like maybe they want to shield Pedro a little bit, possibly, and maybe that might have something to do with it. But even still, you know, I in this day and age, you know, if we can see the highlights because they still have all the cameras and they're still doing all of that, which they are, put it up with no announcer. That's fine. Nobody cares. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't need that. No, I can. Uh, I, you know, I can listen to whatever in the background, honestly, you know, I, I, if, if I had the opportunity, I'd sit here and listen to my dog snore while they lay on my couch and leave me sitting on the floor and I can 
at least watch some baseball. You know what I mean? Uh, it, you know, it, it just the, the whole thing about lack of fan interest. And I get what you're saying. Shielding uh, our new manager, Mr. Griffal. Uh, but, you know, again, going back to I've talked about this once or twice before going back to this, you know, this new uh, mantra of the team this year is, you know, we have to we're, we're going to have to go out and prove it to our fans. We want to earn your respect back. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think most people are not judging spring training results. They just want to see those guys play. So yeah, sure. There's going to be a handful of those meatballs that are meatballing. You know what I mean? And I, I don't really like using that term anymore. Cause it, it just, whatever, but that's going to happen regardless if you broadcast. Yeah. Oh, for sure. If you're just stat line watching and, you know, you see somebody striking out, but you're not seeing what they're, you know, like you're what not seeing the whole at bat. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it almost is worse in my opinion <laughs> when you put it like that. But, you know, whatever. Baseball's coming. Um, I'm in a much better mood here lately. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to piss and moan about it all night. So it is what it is. I'm looking forward to the season. I've got my tickets for the uh, home opener. And, uh, you know, I'll be there probably wearing a, a three parkas and, you know, a couple of toques and a beanie. But, uh, hey, I'm ready to go, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, what? like... You know, we we mentioned it last week when we were talking about the offensive numbers is that, you know, we were 10 games into spring training at the point, and I think now we're at 17. There's 16 technically because they played against Columbia and uh, ended up losing that game. But, you know, to be honest, like the starting lineup that they put out there was less than stellar. Um, Well, I mean, you had most of your your stars are playing on – classic teams right now so well i mean yeah a few of them but i mean you know still (laughs) you know it's like i looked at that the uh the starting lineup and i was like it's probably gonna go so well and sure enough it didn't you know um (laughs) i mean jesse schulton started the game and uh yeah no it wasn't uh wasn't too hot but you know hey i mean Again, you know, if you're if you're stat watching, you know, it can look a little bit more rough than it is, and you know, I it, it being the summer, and you know, you know the the thought that you know it's still early, you know, which people said a lot last year. Um, but uh, one thing that does not, you know, that. Y- you will see in the stat line and it is equally as ugly is watching Larry Garcia play baseball. He's been absolutely terrible. Ooh, fine by me. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. Fine by me. I, cause you know, I'll be honest with you. The last thing I wanted to see was Larry show out and somehow we, we, we wiggle his way onto this roster. And again, no offense to Larry. I appreciate the things that he did. Uh, and he did especially well in, in, you know, the like 19 and 20, you know, and I don't, I shouldn't say especially well, but for him, especially well, where he, you know, he got us through some tough seasons, 
did some things right, but uh, you know, overall, it just hasn't been awesome. And uh, you know, let's it's time to move on and see what uh, what else we have in the bag here. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just uh, I had to fix a uh, audio setting that I had set. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, but the, th- the thing is, is that I'm not confident that even though he's playing complete, like just the mental errors from this guy alone. I mean, it would be at least somewhat okay. You know, if he was having a, a decent, you know, if he looked decent offensively or if he had a repeated, you know, like a, a history of being a, above average in any facet of the game, I would be okay with it. But the the mental errors are inexcusable. Like I, you know, if he if he had, if, you know, like I said, if he had a history and his numbers were down, okay, fine. It's just spring training. But the fact that he's still making these mental errors, you know, 10 years into a a major league career, you know, however many years it is, I'm trying to. Yeah, I think uh, we're close to 10 10 years. Yeah, I think we're at 10 right now. I think the end of last season was 10, if I'm not mistaken. And you're still seeing him not tag up on a, a line drive to center field because he forgets how many outs there are. You know, I mean. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I mean, that guy just drives me nuts. And it's it's not like it's a, a new problem for him. You know, this is just like a, a, a constant normal thing is that he's, you know, missing ground balls that he should probably get to. And he's making mental errors, base running mistakes. Uh, today, uh, he whiffed on a bunt. Oh, and, uh, a hit and Victor, run bunt they were calling. Uh, yeah, it looked like it looked like it was a a called play, like uh, not necessarily a sacrifice, but a hit and run. And uh, Larry whiffed on it, and then uh, Victor Reyes got backpicked at first at first base because there was no contact made. It's just it's stuff like that where it's just yeah. And I gotta wonder mental. too, like was was that a hit and run called from the dugout, and Leori himself decided. I'm not swinging it real well right now, so I've got to put wood on the ball. <laughs> I'm just going to try to drop a bunt. Like, was that because honestly, I don't think I maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that call is not coming from the dugout. Yeah, well, possibly, but the thing is, is that I see him like in almost every at bat, he tries to bunt the first pitch. And it's <sighs> like you're not fooling anybody and you're not any good at bunting. So, what are we doing here? And then, you know, he turns around in that same at-bats and, and hits a double to the wall. You know, at that point, I don't even care that he hit a double because, you know, just like the, the fundamental mistakes um, are just so aggravating. So, I, I yeah, I'm just kind of, yeah, I don't know. Like, don't make yourself look like a, a fool every at-bat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I like that you mentioned, you know, like, not tagging up, but you know, there's the other side of that too. Didn't we, didn't he just get doubled off on a fly ball? Not knowing how many outs there that, were well, that, I mean, there was that one, um, you know, cause it's, I'm just saying there's both sides of the coin there, not knowing how many outs and not tagging, but then there's the, t- or, you know, running 
on contact when there's only one out in the inning and it's a fly ball that's easily playable. What's up, Grimtall? <laughs> How you doing? And getting doubled off, you know what I mean? Why, thank you, Grimtall. I do appreciate that. You know, I just, I, I noticed, I haven't brought it up, but I noticed both Ian and I are sporting uh, different versions of the Knights hats. Oh, true. You've got, right uh, this is this is from last year, this one. Yeah, I've got the, the new color scheme. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, you got the uh, 5950. I, my fave is the 3930 just because I'm a backwards hat kind of guy most of the time. So it just, you know, it just looks better. I was when I was I when mean, I was a, a young buck, but now I always wear them forwards. I don't know what I don't know what changed. I don't I don't know what the uh, what the thing was. Maybe maybe as the the Fred Durst got got me, you know, and I, I couldn't do it anymore <laughs> after that. Uh, Grimtall says, yeah. "Did you get the night schedule with it? it?" Has Eric Johnson on the card? I you know like the. Um, the the models that they use to portray the the knights' new uh, uniform changes were kind of surprising to me. Um, I don't think two or three of them are uh, either two or three of them are not with the team anymore. Right. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Let me uh, go ahead and delete this comment. Dumpstered. Wow. <laughs> Bots. Yikes. Anywho. <sighs> um, yeah, so uh, Dylan Cease went huh? today. Um, gave up a run. Actually, I think he gave up two runs in the first inning again today. He did. Um, and the first inning was a little bit rough, but uh, after that... Um, yeah, you're not a mod. I I I'll give you mod if you want mod. Never ask for mod. Um, but uh, I mean he's here every week. We might as I well. Know, just you know what I'm it. saying? Yeah, it's What's not like point he, the guy. Not like he mods for a guy with 20 million subs a month or anything like You've that. You've been, you know, we're both sitting here wearing our our knights hats, so we should just go ahead and knight him. You've been anointed. Oh, that's nice. I like that. That's pretty good. Good, dub him. Put the sword on his shoulders. <laughs> um, I mean, he gave me a sword after all, so I do have a sword that I can do it with. All right, on there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, word is Dylan may struggle with the pitch clock since he goes to the rods in every pitch. Yeah, I saw. I saw them saying there was a a couple of guys that were talking about. Um, there, there was a question asked by White Sox, who is going to have the, the most trouble with the pitch clock? And some people said it was going to be Matt Foster. And uh, somebody said Giolito. A couple guys said Cease. Um, I don't know. Uh, some people said Kopech as well. Um, I'll tell you thought what. it was going to be Clevenger, and he's actually, you know, in that one start, didn't look awful with the pitch clock. Yeah, I think he had one pitch clock violation. I think Clevenger did, Um, which I mean, in all reality, all things considered with it being his, uh, his first official appearance, not in a B game and not on a backfield one, isn't too bad. I'll take it. You know, Um, I don't know if, did you happen to see uh, Zach Collins 
is uh oh is, getting yeah getting rung up <laughs> uh, yeah Hilarious. yeah for walking around outside the batter's box yeah you go on a, you go on that. a mick dundee walkabout after you foul a ball off you're probably you're probably gonna get an automatic strike called on you um yeah but i mean all things considered i thought uh you know dylan sees you know with the with the numbers obviously i didn't see it but hearing the reports and everything things are looking up and uh did you happen to catch the uh, WBC game last night for the U.S. and see Lance Lynn pitch at all? I did. I absolutely did. I watched the whole thing, and uh, Lance Lynn looked like he was absolutely lights out. He was ready. I, he was a filthy, filthy stuff up there, man. Yeah, he looks ready. Then he looked good. He was planting well. He had a, the movement, the everything, the command, it was all there. It was all there. And I'm sure you probably have something to add to that, but I'm just well, kind of trying to keep it short and sweet here. It was all there. I mean, we watched, uh, you know, I watched his uh, his last, uh, his game with the White Sox that he pitched, and he looked pretty good then. Right. And then it looked like a, a, a logical progression for for the, you know, f- for where he should be at this point in spring training. You know, um, yeah. They get into, How many pitches did he have yesterday? I mean, he he went through, he completed five innings, and he only had like sixty pitches. Yeah, I want to say it was like sixty-two pitches, I think. And uh, I mean, he was efficient, effective. Yeah, I want to say through forty, was it like uh, forty-five or something like that? And uh, yeah. you know, like what seventeen pitches or whatever to uh, to make it, you know, make it through. So. Yeah, no, he looked good. Uh, still, you know, he, good command and movement on his various fastballs and whatever. So it's it's. Um, I think he. I think he's ready. You know, uh, he's ready to get back to. Uh, you know, get back here, be healthy, and uh, hopefully come back here and be completely healthy, and that we don't have to worry about any of this injury stuff this year. I'm oh. hoping that most of these guys stay healthy for the most part. Knock on some wood. Yeah, it's, you know, after last year, I don't see how how the team couldn't be at least reasonably more healthy. Um, I mean, yeah, it's hard to get much worse, really. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, last year, if last year wasn't worst-case scenario for a team, I I don't know what else could be. Um, Grimtall mentions that TA looks ready too. Um, you know, Team USA teammate of Lance Lynn. Um, yeah, he's doing a decent job of, uh, you know, making contact like normal. And he had a triple last night. And um, yeah, I mean, he looks like pretty much where he left off uh, before, you know, like, uh, you know, before Memorial Day last year, you know, where he was getting multiple hits in a game and uh, good contact. And uh, that's that's nice to see. And he played second base yesterday. He did. And uh, didn't look uh, terrible. Did not look terrible. Had some range. You know, I I was uh, it was interesting, to say the least. Uh, You know, he had a couple plays that were, you know, fairly routine his first ever play at uh second base he did trip on the throw to first almost uh let one get away from him but you know he pulled it together and uh got the ball in there and had made the 
the quick out. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely different just to see him on that side of the field. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just the, the slight difference in footwork over there. I'm sure that he was probably pretty nervous with it being his first time at second base. I mean, I can, you know, Elvis Andrus said the same thing that he, you know, it was like really weird for him to be over at second base. So I can only imagine that TA is feeling pretty much the same way. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, I mean, I've never done it at the level these guys are doing it, but I've played a little bit of just about every spot on the diamond at some point in my life. And, uh, you know, it makes it even weirder being a lefty, but from going going from one side of the diamond to the other side of the diamond, the the, the different angles and you know to, that you have to make a throw to is it's just it's pretty wild. But uh, it, Tim handled it well. And if I'm not mistaken, now it's only three games into the WBC, but he's hitting. I think they said five seventy one. If I'm not mistaken, I heard on the broadcast at the end of the game last night. That's uh, pretty good. I mean, you know, it's pretty okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, things that uh, were okay, did you happen to happen to catch any of the Korea China game yesterday morning? I wouldn't uh, imagine that you did because you were at work, unless you popped on the that, TV before you went to work. But that was the that was a blowout, right? Twenty-two to two. I think I did actually see a little bit of it. So, I, you know, I have a sick dog. One of my three is, you know, got some issues. But uh, last night, I don't know, she had a seizure or something. What We were we were actually thinking she might have had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And she's fine today. Went to the vet and had a little checkup just to make sure. But she's doing well. Anyways, uh, I was up, like, for the better part of the night. So I actually did catch, I think it was like 11 and nothing. And it was only like the first or second inning or something that I was looking at. I was like, wow. This yeah, is, I think, this yeah, I think bad. it was like 12 to one in like the third inning or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was just really, I mean, I felt bad because you just saw the, the look on the, the Chinese manager's face and you're just like, you know, it, it, once it gets to that point, it's just like grin and bear it until it's over, you know? Yeah. So what did you say? It was it ended up being like twenty three to one? Twenty two to two. <laughs> twenty two to two. Yeah. Yeah. So that ended in the fifth inning, I'm assuming, with the mercy rule. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't uh, it didn't go on too long. Um yeah. I was afraid that the Mexico USA game was gonna turn out like that because that one started ugly. I think it was like what, seven to one or something like that. Yeah. Um, ended up finishing, I yeah. think, twelve to seven. I think they were like eleven to two going into the eighth inning. Yeah. Um so yeah, they pulled it together a little bit at the end there. Um if you guys are not um not saying that I want you guys to leave right now, but uh Sox Machine and from the one eight are doing watch parties. Um I forget what the website's called, but they're doing these watch parties. So if you guys are watching those, um it's a good time to go and hop in there and talk in the chat and whatever and uh, get some actual interesting conversations going instead of listening to uh, John Smoltz. Holy cow, is that guy brutal to listen to? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not terrible when he's doing his little, you know, segments on uh, MLB Network because it's 
he's pretty limited in his time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you get a full game of this guy talking in the background. You're like, oh, I need some more Jason Benetti. You yeah. know what I mean? Give yeah, me that, more was, of that. that was one of the, the talking points is that usually Benetti can make anybody sound halfway decent. Um. I mean, he took Bill Walton, and Bill Walton's never – I don't even know if Bill Walton had even seen a baseball before this game and made him, you know, at least sound uh, at least somewhat entertaining. And, like, no matter what he does, he just can't help out Smoltz. There's there's nothing that can be done for this dude. <laughs> so, no, I, I, I'm in full agreement on that one. <laughs> like I said, man, I don't mind him on, on MLB Network, but, you know, he's limited. And he's he's had time to do his homework for whatever segment he's working on, you know what I mean? But, oh, you give this guy, he's got to go off the hip. Shooting from the hip, oh, not so much, man. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the guy is genuinely uh, not any fun to listen to. Um, I don't know, like, what his deal is, but he, you know, he's got he's got some of that, uh, you know, uh, red ass, um, you know, old time rules of baseball in him. You know, yeah, that just makes him just not any fun at all, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just up. Oh, got hats off. Got to swap. Got to swap out. See yeah, what, he's see one of I those get. guys that. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let me dig around here. Take. Oh, I got one I haven't worn on the show yet. Here. Oh, let's see what Ian comes up with here. Hey, I like that one. Old school dash. Yeah. Older school dash. Anyway. I went, and I went with uh, older school. Curse of White Sox. Ah, the Curse of White Sox. The Curse of Chicago in the old gray scheme. Yeah, you know, I got a question. Um, and I, like I Hopefully hear, like, I, have an I often hear the same the same response. So I, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, if you were to see one uniform come back and make some appearances, which uniform would you pick? The 1917, hands down. Really? Okay. Yeah, I really like the stars. I like the I like the Sox emblem with the stars. Uh, it's just I don't know what it is because uh, you know I look at that Cowboys uniform and I think it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I maybe it's, maybe it's just a little biased because I'm a hater. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> could have lie. something to do with it. Yeah. But I do like the uh, I do like the old 1917 Sox logo with the stars in there. So. Yeah. How about you, man? What's yours? You know, like the one that I hear a lot. Oh, please don't bring up that powder blue. No, 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 no. Uh, the one that I hear a lot is the uh, the vest. The vest jersey that uh, they yeah, took away. I, the old uh, softball jersey. Yeah, it seems like uh, a, a lot of people miss that one, and that's a lot of people's favorite. And I've actually almost had one custom made for myself. Um, just gotten a regular jersey and have the sleeves tailored off. I've thought about doing that because why the heck not? Um, every time I think about that jersey, for some reason, the only guy I can really picture wearing it is AJ. See, I think of Aaron Rowan a lot when I think of that jersey. Okay. Um. Grimtall says 1990 pre-black pinstripes, the curly C's. I don't know if I could do that one. 
I don't even. Yeah, I, no. I don't even own that hat. I mean, I should get one because no. I have almost every other one, so I should probably have it. But I, for whatever reason, I just don't have it. Isn't uh, it? Rudels is a fan of that one too, isn't he? I mean, old Colty. He should be. I don't. He doesn't have one either. Um, pretty sure. I think I remember him saying something about that somewhere along the way. Oh yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, White Sox Premium K says Canerco. Yeah, him in that uh, that vest as well. Yeah, you know? Canerco. Yeah, for that, those are the two that really pop up for me is Canerco and AJ. That for some reason, when I think back to that vest. Yeah. Speaking of long time no see, there. Premium. Ah, uh, yes, and Carlos Lee. See, you know, now we get all these nice throwbacks <sighs> to back to that time when they had that vest jersey. I like that one a lot. Um, I don't know. You know, I could be I could be persuaded for a bunch of the uniforms. Like I, I like the uh the fifty nine uh uniforms a lot. Um I like the one after that. Uh you know, I, I don't really re- I, I would say that I don't dislike any White Sox uniform except for uh, those uh the ones that Chris Sale cut off, you know, cut apart with the scissors. That yeah, which one was that again? That, that was, was the, the butterfly uh, collar, the one from uh, nineteen seventy six ish. Yeah, that was the uniform seventy five ish. Yeah, I remember. Which I, they, which I like the hat. That was the one where they wore the shorts with at one yes. time too, wasn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. I could I could do without the uh, I could do without the collar. I don't, I, and I I mean I don't really particularly care for the font either on those. But the hat, uh, the hat, you know, that was worn at the time, I didn't mind that so much. Yeah, see that that's that's how I feel about the uh, the red and white color scheme. Mm. I, I'm not particularly fond of the font on that one, and I just don't see I don't see a lot of red when I when I think of the White Sox. Yeah, and that's when they and had that, the that's uh, a bright fire engine red. You know what I mean? It's, it is, it's, yeah. And they had the powder blue at this, you know, at that time as well. With that those red are, hat. Both of those are my least favorite uniforms. Although if I had to choose one of the two, I would take the powder blue over the, you know, the full red and white scheme. Yeah, I'd say like uh, Grimtall says those jerseys are awesome. I, are you are you talking about the uh, the butterfly collar ones? If you're talking yeah, about I think butterfly he is collar talking ones, about those. he probably is. He probably wants the shorts too. Um, really? Got to show off those massive man thighs. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm into it if we get like the. Uh, the old uh like crushed velvet helmets you know that they had back in the uh back in the way back days like the, the f- you know early 50s type thing jimmy connor shorts yeah exactly <laughs> um you get the old uh the old uh late 70s early 80s gym teacher shorts the 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 bike <laughs> shorts where it actually yeah. says bike on them, yeah, the old nut huggers, <laughs> yeah, the the nice two snap buttons on the front, yeah, good stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Michael Kopech, his his outing very impressive. Getting back to yeah, the, he uh, looked really good. Pitchers. Um, his changeup was fantastic. And the the one issue that I had with Kopech's outing is that it went by way too quick. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll kind of agree with that. I mean, three three innings when you're going like 11 pitches an inning, that's too fast. You know? So it's like... Begin- I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, though. No, it's I great. Mean, it, it's, if you're at a game, you're a fan at a game, and you get up to, uh, you know, hit the hit the head or uh, grab yourself a a cold one, you might miss an entire inning. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like 10 pitches. Like, and this is one thing. Thank you for that, Coach. Uh, Storm Coach says the Eradicator is not only a good-looking dude, he is also a hell of a guy. I appreciate it, pal. Good to see you in Who, here, is Coach. This, is that your mom? No, it is not my mom. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know what her screen name is. Hi, Mom. Screen, I don't know what her screen name is, but that's not it. Um, but... Uh, my the the issue here that I am gonna have if at games like this is if he does say he goes seven innings and you know he goes a hundred pitches, it only takes him like forty minutes to get there. Yeah. So <laughs> think about this: if that game is a gift giveaway, if he's pitching right, like you're that miss and for four innings, exactly, you're gonna get in in the fourth inning because. Before you would get to your seats, like you know, if you're second, lucky, you'll get there in the se- in the beginning of the second inning, you know. But that was when there's normal innings. If they fly, you know, you've got uh, both teams go up and down in order twice. You'll be lucky to get into your seats by the third inning at that point with the with these new yeah, rules. Lucky, lucky. Yeah, and uh, you know, going back to what me saying, uh, you know, if you get up to get yourself a, you know, a drink or something, or go to the bathroom, uh, premium says, uh, "I'll buy getting concessions." Well, yeah, that's a that's a that's a three inning loss right there, because you know we all know the pace of uh, some of those stands is not the greatest. And don't get me wrong, I, I give kudos to the to the folks working those stands because they're out there hustling, man. I used to work at the ballpark for a third-party company, third-party partner of the White Sox. And, uh, you know, I, I watched what those guys went through. And, and they bust. They hump out there. Problem is that sometimes they don't always have the, you know, the amount of help they should to uh, handle a large crowd. So, you know, it gets a little gets a little uh, lengthy in weights at times. Yeah, and if you use if you use the app, to get stuff delivered to you, you know, if it takes like 25 minutes, you know, and and you're waiting for your food to show up and you just have to go to the bathroom, you come back. The guy could have come and just handed your food to any random person that happens to be sitting in your row and your food's gone forever. So then what? Then you have to, you know, like then you have to go up and try and find, you know, food anyway. It's just, it's just not not good. Surratt was talking about the money he speed up the game will cost in concession. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw that the um, most of the minor league clubs said that for the most part they don't really notice a whole lot lost with uh, with the pitch clock. But I don't know, man. I mean, people are still gonna people are still gonna go and enjoy, you know, what they're doing. It's just how much less of the game are they going to see? Well, and I think that that might be, yeah, there, there's a definite 
there's a there's a definite uh what should I say? legit gripe there i guess is what I'm, I'm trying to say uh i did see someone on twitter some guy i you know i can't remember the name i don't think he's you know one of the recognizable white Sox twitter guys but says he drives like you know five hours or seven hours one way to come to games and you know he's like the speeded up game he's like now nah, i I get caught in traffic or whatever, and I don't get in until the second inning and then our third inning or whatever. And the game's half over by the time I get there. And then I got to turn around and drive back or pay for a hotel. I don't know if I don't want to. I get that. You know what I mean? You're paying because the game's shorter. Your time at the stadium is shorter, but uh, the price of the ticket isn't going to drop. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're getting less time. You're paying the same amount or more in some cases, as we saw with the. Uh, the new price changes. Uh, yeah, I get all that. And then the other thing, too, we're talking about concessions and how the miners didn't see any, you know, real major dips in, in revenues lost. You got to look at some of these minor league clubs, too. Like some of them are in stadiums that hold, you know, 15,000 as opposed to, you know, 40,000 plus in some of these major league ballparks. I don't really know. Well, yeah, and then you also have to look as even if they even if their stadium only seats like four thousand people, there might only be fifty people there. You know, like on a, right, on a exactly. like on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night, there might not be anybody there. You know, and right. you know if you're not seeing like much lost revenue, well, that's because there's the fifteen people are there that are buying hot dogs and they can walk right straight up to the window and not have to worry about a, a, you know waiting in line. Right. You know, Um, (laughs) one thing I did think about um, as far as this goes is that the owners are still providing concessions. And if they're still doing the same amount, uh, you know, like reasonably close to the same amount of money, a quicker game means that they only have their employees on for, you know, you know, they this take 45 minutes of pay out of their, you know, out of their uh, expenditures that they have to pay, that they have to pay, you know? Right. And then, you know, there's also the food cost of the, you know, the product that's not going out because of shorter games. But, you know, then again, I mean, cost versus profit at a, at a place like that is probably, you know, Three hundred percent, if not more. <laughs> yeah, White Sox. I should say, you know, the other way around. Yeah, White Sox premium case says it's way overpriced anyway. Maybe people will finally stop paying because of cost and time lost in game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, it's uh, you know, if you're paying full price for everything, you know, um, and you don't have season tickets, so you're not getting like a, you know, like a a little bit of a price knockoff, you know, for buying in bulk like that and going to every single game and all that stuff, you know, then it gets, it gets really expensive going to games. So like I get, you know, I get that point of view, you know, um, yeah, no, I think that, uh, this, this whole thing's going to, you know, kind of change things financially for, you know, maybe, maybe it won't happen right away, but you know, you might see a, uh, a little Gave shift in how things money. are going, you know? <laughs> Grimtel says he gave his beer money to Bennett to put up the billboards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I should bring that up. If uh, anybody hasn't seen these things, I'm going to hold on. Bring that up here in a second. Yeah, so 
you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Those are two of them up there, right? He's got I, one on. Uh, there's one on 31st Street. I don't know if there's another one or not. I thought that it was going to be multiples, but I think there's um, one at like 34th or right between 34th and 35th in Halsted. Possibly. Well. I think there's two. So there's the one on 31st Street. You know, voice some it, dissatisfaction. Yeah, and you know, some people are saying that it looks bad on the fans and it's not classy. And just my my whole thought is, who cares at this point? You know, I mean, from the from the things that they've you know, from the way the team has been run, you know, I fine, I get it, you know. Right. Yes, seventeen dollar drafts are definitely overpriced, Coach. I know, it's tough, <laughs> tough to tough to fathom that somebody would complain about that. You know, along the <laughs> uh, uh. video go dead, or is it just? Oh, it was just you. Yeah, no, our video's good. Yeah, so um, I don't know. We didn't talk about pitching at all last week, so I wanted to. I, I definitely wanted to get into it a little bit this week. Um, Lane Ramsey pitched today, gave up a run. Uh, he had looked fairly decent otherwise. Uh, Jose Ruiz has been doing really good in the uh, in the WBC. He's two and zero, uh, and I think he struck out two in his game yesterday or today. I can't remember when they played, but he did all right. And uh, you know, some of the relievers have looked uh, pretty good. Um, Franklin Herman, who we got from the Red Sox, he's looked really good. Um, not that that should be much of a surprise because he was a reliever of the year in the Red Sox system last year. Um, I I still am kind of I'm trying to understand why the Red Sox traded Franklin Herman for Theo Denlinger. Yeah, I mm. <laughs> I, just, I still I I at the time when I heard about that deal I was like oh yeah because you know I saw him pitch last year and and I knew he was their the reliever of the year for them last year. But the return, it just the, like that deal just didn't make sense to me. Like I just don't understand it. And I know that uh, Red Sox fans have been complaining about uh, about Bloom, Holheim. Yeah, I, I know that they had been complaining about him, but like this one, just uh, I. Why would you yeah, do it's that? Head scratcher. I just I, I don't <laughs> understand. You know, like I mean, I, and the thing is, is that I. It's not like I'm saying that Theo Denlinger is bad. No, but Franklin Herman. Yeah, Theo Denlinger wasn't good. the reliever of the year last year. Like he was okay, and and he does have he does have some stuff. I just I that one just kind of puzzled me a little bit. But I, you know, hey, I'll take it. And uh, yeah, he's looked really good. Uh, um, I just hope it doesn't come out that he's like some kind of locker room cancer, and that's why they. Uh... That's why they let him go. You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. not I don't. I'm not putting that out there in the ether. Let me just put that disclaimer forward. Uh, Ladder Enjoyer brings up they wanted a 40 man spot, and he's not sure why they thought Herman would clear waivers. No, that's that's exactly my point. Is that if you're gonna if you're gonna, I mean, they did the same thing with uh, with Jeter Downs, and he didn't clear waivers either. Like if you're going to and like Jeter Downs 
like he did not look good when when they brought him up. Herman did. I it's right. just, you know, you got like the 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 Red Sox don't have that many players that they can't put somebody <laughs> out there that's not the reliever of the year or like one of your top ranked, you know, like one of the top ranked prospects in baseball. Like it's just I Knowing Han's vetting process, he probably oh. is a serial killer. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, but, oh, man. Um, you doing all right over there? Sorry, I had to mute myself. I was choking <laughs> on that one. That's, that's funny stuff, man. That's funny stuff. All right, but I mean, to to letter enjoyer's point is if they, you know you wanted to clear a forty man spot, so you put Franklin Herman passing through waivers. My question is, is that if that's the case, the best that they could do for their reliever of the year for last year was Theo Denlinger. Yeah, kind of just it's weird. Um, Gregory Santos also been uh, also been. Pretty impressive uh, in his innings so far this year. Um, and then the other guy that they got from the Giants on the Rule 5, uh, Nick Avila, also looked pretty stinking good. I mean, he's had a little bit rougher of a time than uh, than Santos and um, uh, Herman, But again, with his deception on his delivery and... The results that they've had, and the fact that you know they have to keep him on the roster uh, for this year. Um, do you think that they're going? I mean, I know like James Fox thinks it's a foregone conclusion that he's sticking throughout the year. Uh, are you kind of of the same thought there that Nick Avila is not going anywhere? Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. I don't really know. Um, uh, I feel like. I feel like you could probably go either way, but it just seems like Nick is, like you said, he's had a little bit less. He's had an easier path, let's just say, at this point. Uh, It's, I don't know, man. You know, bullpen is, is one of those things where you could probably shake it up 30 times before the end of the season. You know, there's gonna and I, and I don't say mean shake it up overall, but there's gonna be some uh, some shuffling of the deck throughout the season. So, you know, when we say stick with the team for the season, I don't know. Maybe he, you know he might make the opening day roster, stick around for a while. If things don't work out that way, they might you know take a stab at somebody else. So it's it's really hard for me to say if he's gonna stick. So I, I'll just say yeah, there's a good chance he's gonna make the opening day roster and kind of leave it at that. What do you think? Well, I don't. I'll just. I'll start. Start with this. I don't dislike Jake Diekman personally. Um, but I will say, I don't know how you justify keeping Diekman around. Despite you know, the one issue is that I think Diekman's making three and a half million dollars. So if you DFM, you're out three and a half million dollars. 
Um, if you can find a trading partner to to get rid of them and you know trade them for I don't know for whatever else, but the the issue for me, well, I feel like with him, you'd have to almost package him with something else because he's kind of been he's been as you would say. I'm gonna take a page out of your book. He's he's been cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked very good in in Arizona either. And, and you know, like we we had this talk that you know pitches don't move necessarily like they uh, that they will when they come up. But the issue is that it's just his command's not been good. Um, and it more or less looks exactly like how he looked last year. It looks like nothing's different. And he's you know he's left handed, so that part's good. Um, especially since, you know, you have no crochet and it's possible you don't have bummer at the very beginning of the year for, you know, at least for a couple of weeks. So having somebody left-handed is, is good. Um, but you know, you're not going to say crochet comes up, you know, or, you know, like obviously bummer is going to come back. You want to have some left-handed, you know, arms in the pen. This makes it sort of more difficult, you know, keeping this extra three and a half million dollars on the roster. You know, when it comes down time for somebody that's going to be looking for, you know, just somebody to eat innings as a reliever, um, you're looking like almost all star break. You, you know, you can't. I don't know. It's I think that they're going to keep Avila just be, because I think that they like what he does enough to keep him um and then if you know if you have to send him back you have to pay to send him back or you have to offer you know you you eat half of the money giving him back that you had to pay to get him in the rule five anyway and he has i don't think that he hasn't i don't think he has done anything to not be here so i think that he stays and, you know, as much as I'd like to see Ruiz go and Diekman go, I'd, I just don't know if they're going to be willing to eat that money, you know? And, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to send him to AAA? I mean, I guess you could try and send Diekman to AAA and just eat the money, you know? And he, I mean, I have to imagine, you know, you put him and send him to Charlotte, you don't have to necessarily worry about uh somebody grabbing him on waivers but i don't think you know i don't think he's going to uh you know he might not accept the assignment if if that's uh i don't i'd have to look and see like if he's got like any uh options or anything like that i don't know at what point he loses those or whatever uh ladder says that he yeah. likely sticks until crochet is back yeah you know i mean I just don't know if he's as good as what would replace him, and I replace him. And I know he's left-handed, but at what point? You know, at some point, you know, if you're not getting, you know, if you're, if you've got a one and a half whip, I don't care what hand you throw the ball with, you know. Right, exactly. So, and you know, I I mean, I get you. You know, you're talking about eating the money, but if we're at a point. Now we're, you know, we're looking at a new management group, new coaching staff, you know, new strength and conditioning staff and all these changes that have been made throughout the organization. And 
you know, we're trying, we're, we're, we're trying to win back your respect and, and we're going to, you know, we're going to show you, you know, this, this mantra of we're going to do things differently and we're going to show you that we still have heart and blah, blah, blah. But we're also talking about Leary Garcia, maybe not uh, making the MLB roster. Quite frankly, I wouldn't mind, you know, guy, you know, I don't want to talk about anybody being DFA'd, but if anybody's going to be DFA'd, I think it would be him. Where are you going to stick him? You know, you don't want to put him ahead of some of these guys that need to play every day down in the minors. So if we're willing to eat, if if we're talking about being willing to eat the five and a half million dollars that Lear is going to make this year, why not just throw another three and a half on top of it? Yeah, I, I know how Uncle Unky Jared loves to throw money away, but uh, you know some of these contracts that we're signing instead of instead of putting twenty four million on a guy who deserves it, we're splitting it up between you know six guys who are just kind of meh. Yeah, you know why not just go ahead and throw away eight nine million dollars between two guys that are not going to help you do anything. Yeah, so you've got obviously you're going to be carrying Sebi. Because you need to have a backup catcher. Um, Hans, I, there's no way that you can let Hanser Alberto not be on the roster. Yeah, and I agree. You're going to want uh, an outfielder of some sort. And here, here's one that I struggle with because Marisnik has looked terrible, and so has Billy Hamilton. And the the issue for me with with uh, Hamilton is that he hasn't looked very good defensively either, which is surprising for me. Like he's misjudged some some balls along the along the wall, and uh, not what I'm used to seeing from Billy Hamilton. Like it just you know, and I mean, you go on on past production, you know, of his his defensive is that he's generally really good defensively and at stealing bases, but not good at hitting. But right. this year he's his defense hasn't looked hitter. all that great. Yeah, and Berger has, you know, he's been hitting home runs, but the thing is he's been striking out at like a 40% clip as well. Yeah, that's all he's doing is hitting home runs. He's not doing much else. Yeah. He did uh he walked today and then he managed what? to uh managed to get doubled off at first base on a really nice catch in left field because I th- I th- from what the A's broadcast team yeah, said, because weird. again, we're talking about an unbroadcasted home game that they have all the video of. Um, but um, <laughs> apparently he didn't touch second base on his way back to first base. Yeah. It sounded it's, you know, from, from some uh, white Sox daily tweets that I uh, was looking at today. It sounded like uh, Jake Berger was not happy. He was not pleased. Either with himself or with the uh, umpiring staff. Yeah, I was pretty sure he was upset with the umpire. But I, I think he probably th- touched second base and they just missed it or whatever. I, I don't know. But regardless, you know, like Jake has not done all he could do to stick, you know, because his defense is, is not good at first base. He's had a couple of errors there. Um. And, you know, even in his natural position at third base, his glove's still a question. You know, it's not it's not the range. It's not his speed. It's the glove. He botches it with the glove. And um, 
you know, it, that one's a hard one because he's right-handed. And generally, if you're going to try and keep a guy around, it would be somebody more along the lines of sheet where, Sheets where he's a left-handed pinch hitter unless your roster is really left-handed heavy, which it's not, you know. Um, it's better now with Benintendi and Colas around, but it's still not, you know, not equal. So Hopefully uh, a healthy Yaz. You know, Moncada hitting from both sides of the dish. It, it's definitely a more, a, a more balanced lineup than it has been in, in some time. But, yeah, I mean, if you see these guys that can play the outfield but can't hit on a team that has struggled with offense the last two seasons, you know, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, like make it make sense for us, you know, Gavin Sheets to have a spot on this team. But, you know, now that we're starting to see some of that kind of, you know, subpar play from those guys, you couldn't make an excuse for him. Yeah. But do I, I want to see that? Not necessarily, because I really don't ever want to see Gavin Sheets in the outfield again. No, for sure. But, and like the, my, oh. the thing is, is like if you watch Marisnik, you know, like his thing was supposed to be that he is a – very, you know, he's a, a plus plus defender in the outfield for a not super fast guy. He's supposed to have a really good glove. You know, you you can expect to get like a 225 average out of him, you know, with like a okay OBP, you know, in comparison and not much of an OPS, you know, to speak of. But the thing is, he's supposed to be good defensively. And it's like, I've seen him playing in the outfield and he's made some pretty awful plays out there as well. So it's just. Now, again, it's spring. So we're, you know, we don't want to put too much weight into this now, but these are the time. These are the moments when you want these guys to shine. If they're going to, you know, if you've got a a positional battle and even if that position is fourth outfielder, you know what I mean? You don't want to have those moments where somebody uh, knock on wood, one of our, you know, starters goes down or, there's going to be times when the guy needs a day off and you don't want to punt a game just because, you know, the guy on the bench is awful. Ah, it's early. Yeah, it's early. It's early. Um, I, I don't, I, yeah, I really don't want to hear any of that. This yeah. Year. I mean, I guess, I guess my issue here is that if you're trying to, you're trying to roster a fourth outfielder, I don't want to have to choose between four guys who don't hit and don't field well. And for all of them to be doing that at the same time, about, I'd say probably the only one that's looked good in the outfield, and this is the the one thing that you can control, is how you play the outfield. You know, you and and your your mental side of how you're playing the game. That's the thing that you can control. You know, obviously you can do with you know whatever's within your you know within your grasp of trying to hit the ball, but pitchers also have a say in this. The one thing that they, you know, you can control almost all of is your routes in the outfield and who you throw the ball to and like the the mental aspect of that as a lifelong outfielder to have to choose between several guys who are all not playing well at the same time. There should at least be one of them that looks halfway decent. And right now, none of them do. That's that's right. my issue. So I don't know right. who you want to roster as, as your as your fourth outfielder. Do you want to do like a 
uh, Hanser Alberto, and then have to keep Larry Garcia around just because he does play the outfield, knowing full well that he's going to do the stuff that he's been doing lately. Hanser Alberto can also play the outfield, but he's not an outfielder by trade. You know, he's an infielder. Right. So, you know, again, you're putting somebody out of position, even though he's technically a utility guy and can play the outfield. It's not his first position. Yeah, you could always count on Angle for that, but, you know, he just played in his first Cactus League game against the White Sox on Sunday. That was his first game because he's had a strained calf for the first three weeks of, of uh, or first four weeks imagine of camp. That. Yeah, imagine. imagine he, achy legs. Yeah, exactly. It's only a matter of time until it goes up to his hamstring and then he's out for another month and a half, you know? Uh, you know, it's it's terrible, too, because I really like the guy. I and mean, he plays he would with a lot be, of heart. He's a great defender, and when he's on, he can swing it a little bit. But we don't know, you know, when he's when he's going to be healthy. Because who knows? Uh, those times when he was swinging a little bit might have been healthy at a mangle. The times that he wasn't swinging it so much, he was probably playing through some kind of ache because the dude's just achy. He's achy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's as Grimtall says, and that isn't that his MO in the minors, right? No, that's always his MO. It doesn't matter where he's at. It's a, always yeah. the hamstrings. Always the hamstrings. You know, and for a guy whose speed is one of his biggest trademarks, uh, that's that's a that's an issue. That's it's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. Completely aggravating. Um, yeah, so I like the trying to figure out who's going to be on the bench for this team is is tough because there's, you know, do you, do you stick with you know who you know and who you owe money to in keeping Larry around despite the fact that you know that the guy's a bonehead, a really really nice guy, and great for the clubhouse, nice. but yeah, you know, you, can you justify keeping him around if? Every time you put him in a game, there's some sort of miscue, whether it be mental or just like lack of skill set, you know? The amount of times last season where the White Sox were within striking distance of a win in the eighth or ninth inning <laughs> with guys on base and Leary was the, the deciding batter. <sighs> I mean, that was how many times it seemed like it happened. It was four times a week. Felt like every it was multiple week. times a week. Yeah, it was every time Where he is the deciding at bat in an inning with guys on base <sighs> and a win is at hand, and you can't get there. So frustrating. It's, it was. It was like it felt definitely felt like it was numerous times a week that. You know, when the game was on the line, who comes up to the plate? I mean, have you seen his at-bats? <laughs> I knew it was coming. I was waiting. For if you have seen his at-bats, you know that he shouldn't be coming up to the plate. But here he is. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that's one of those things that I, I'm really interested to see how things come uh, come down to the, you know, I, I, I assume that these decisions are going to come down to the wire about who they're keeping. And I... With the way things have been going so far and with the fact that a lot of the mistakes have been mental from this guy, I, you know, I saw Jordan Lazowski tweet about it yesterday and say that, uh, 
he doesn't understand, you know, like he doesn't see how Lowry can have a roster spot at this point. And I, I have to 100% agree. It's just, it's so, his play has been so lackluster that I just don't see how they roster him at this point. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yep. 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 Blurg. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's been some, uh, some positive things, you know, coming out of camp and it's nice to see that everybody's rounding out to form. Giolito's looked really good. Uh, for most part, like and Clevenger pitched pretty well. I mean, he did give up that, uh, that home run the other day, but you know, I mean, he looked pretty, pretty decent, you know, like I, I'm not going to complain about what I saw from him. his changeup look really good. His curveball looked really good and he was throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. So you know, yeah, first start in spring, you know, or first, you know, a team start for yeah. in spring. Uh, yeah, not bad, not bad. Thank Tony for that. I, yeah, I assume that that's about oh. Larry. Um, oh, somebody, yeah, way that somebody yeah. had the nerve to tell me to get over, get over it. Never, and nobody should ever have to explain why. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Well, no, and, you know, we've we've touched on that a lot here. You know, get over it, get over yeah. it. Uh, you know, we did a show a couple weeks ago where, you know, I was basically saying, tired of hearing, it's early. It's early. There's time. There's so much time. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. It's only June. They're only five games out they can heat up no this is this is when they heat up is when when the weather heats up this is when the socks heat up and we heard for so long we're going no and wait a minute we've been seeing these issues since last season this is nothing new and you're talking about what it's going to change i don't want to hear that this year i want to get right out of the gate let's get this thing going and rolling and you know get a get a good positive mindset going you know get some wins in your belt because there's no, there's no, there's no bigger confidence booster than winning some tough games and grinding it out and battling and beating some good teams. You know, we the, the bum slaying isn't going to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, kind of the the whole thing is that uh, you know, I I don't know if you've been hearing some of the uh, things that have been coming out in interviews over the last week or so, but with uh, Giolito. And Sebi kind of alluding to the fact that there was pretty much no urgency put into anything last year in spring training. And it continued into the season, and that's why things just kind of never got rolling, is that urgency never got there. And I don't think that we're going to have to worry about that with uh you know with Pedro's message about all this stuff. And I'm hoping that yes, that we see a little bit more you know, coming out of the gate and that, uh, you know, there's a sense of urgency there and, you know, that these guys are trying to win every single game, not that it's going to succeed, you know, every time, obviously, but, uh, you know, at least, uh, it'd be nice to see them. You know, we haven't seen a team go 162 and 0 yet. So, I mean, you're going to lose some games. Uh, Let's just hope that uh, the they win the games that they should win because we saw a lot of that last year where eh, it's in the last few years, actually, I should say, where it didn't happen. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was like they've been playing down 
to some of the opponents that on paper should be pushovers. And, uh, you know, just hope that uh, if they win the games they're supposed to win and then they pull out a few that maybe were, you know, supposed to be a little bit tighter, you know, we could have a race on our hands. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you uh, happen to check out that. Uh, yeah, KC, they are winning a lot in spring training. I think they're like, what, like <laughs> 13 and 2 or 12 and 3 or something like that at this point. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty Good insane. They and can, imagine, they can take that uh, spring training trophy home with them, too. Hey, you know, that's that's cool and all. And it's cool to say that. But like the, the issue being is that they've got that new manager and there's going to be that new manager bump, just like everybody's talking about with the White Sox. Um, my question, you know, it just seems like those guys are playing hard and their, uh, swing changes that they've made, they're all making contact. I mean, they put up 11 runs on cease and granted his, uh, his command was not great, but, uh, they still did hit the ball and they're still hitting the, but they've been hitting the ball against everybody else too. So, I mean, I would look for a little bit of a, uh, you know, a skill gap decrease between them and, uh, the rest of the teams in the division and uh you know like we've been talking about this for a while that uh you know eventually these other teams are going to start catching up to the white Sox a little bit and uh we just didn't think it was going to be because the white Sox were coming down and yeah not that they hit a the, the, you know a good spot yeah we didn't expect the fall to be as drastic as it has been but again you know a lot of that is due to injuries uh, there has been some poor roster management along the way, but you know, all in all, like we said, hopefully the organizational changes over the last few months here really going to show uh, what the core of this team should be capable of as long as they stay healthy. You know, we just haven't seen that core play together a whole lot yet. So, you know, we could be in for a, a, a fantastic season. We we could be in for more garbage. We really don't know, do we? We do not. Uh, had you asked me right after we got off stream last week and I watched Luis Robert strike out three times in a row without touching a pitch, um, I probably would have said, We're doomed! Yeah, everything. Doomed. It's, all, it's all over. <laughs> I think you guys are getting a taste of what it's like being Bears fan. Well, one of the, one of us two is a Bears fan. So uh, hey, he's, I was he's say, well aware uh, of how that goes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't watched a bear since I was about four or five. You know, my old man used to uh, have me in the hall. I probably picked up the screaming at the TV from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that, I've been a Bears fan for, you know, 42, 43 years here. Uh, there's, there's a lot of pain that comes along with that, too. Yeah, that's uh, my brothers were over and they heard uh they heard old Rudels yelling at the TV downstairs and like, "Oh, wonder where he gets that from." It <laughs> uh, just keep generational thing just keeps going and going and going. I used to laugh at my mom. My mom would tell my dad, "You know they can't hear you, right?" Yeah. You know they can't hear you, right? Yeah. Oh, no, they can. They can. <laughs> yeah, if I if I yell loud enough, they'll hear me through it. It's fine. Um, you got anything else this week that you got, nah. uh, burning your brain? Nah, no, nah, just like I said, you know, I said this to you before we went live on stream, 
And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, Liam's treatment and everything goes well because I really, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get in his DMs, dude. I'm going to, I'm going to get in his DMs when he's ready to come back, and I'm going to try to convince him to, uh, to take bro him from Pennywise as his entrance music to close out games. Because if you guys don't know the song, I suggest you go find your favorite purveyor of music. And uh, look up the song Bro Him by Pennywise. But there is a nice, uh, almost chant-like section in there that I think uh, would be electric at SAS games. So, you know, when you you go out and listen to that song, if you hit hit Liam up with those DMs too, because it isn't at me when you do. Hit, Hit him up on Twitter. In in the Insta, because uh, I, I want to make this thing happen, man. I want to see it. I can't imagine. I don't just imagine the the entire stadium rocking the oh. That would be amazing. Forty thousand fans doing that. Pretty awesome stuff, I would think. Oh yeah. So that's it. Yes, indeed, sir. Well, uh, I think that'll be call it for the uh for this week um got another about you know two weeks or so of uh spring training ish uh so you know, get uh several broadcasts in before then um at daily white Sox on twitter you will see highlights of all the preseason stuff uh once the season starts you'll see some white Sox stuff but you'll see all of the minor league stuff uh can't wait for that that's gonna be fun um, you can find us on uh, YouTube and Facebook. We also have uh, pages on those. Just go ahead and search White Sox Daily and um, WhiteSoxDaily.substack.com. I know Dan Victor's got a article that's coming out soon on a certain very tall guy. Um, won't say any names because I don't want to don't want to ruin it for him. But uh, that's coming out shortly. Um, and uh yeah we'll I mean, see if you've you been following us at all you probably figure it out but you know yeah yeah, yeah. maybe <laughs> um yeah but we'll be back uh next tuesday at uh nine um if you voted for me in the 108 tourney i appreciate it thank you very much and um we'll get them next year man yeah we'll just uh, we'll get out there next year uh get some ideas going you know formulated <laughs> in my head you know, hopefully we get back there. And, I, you know, like I said, I was shocked that it was happening in the first place. So, you know, it's just kind of weird. Y- yeah. Yes, exactly. Ladder enjoyer. Yeah, very, Ladder, very you might good. be onto something there. <sighs> um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so uh, we will be back next week. And uh, we thank you guys for uh, coming and hanging out. And uh, thanks for hopping in the chat. We appreciate it. Um, hopefully we've got some, uh, some awesome stuff to talk about next week. Uh, WBC will continue rolling on here. And, um, like I had mentioned earlier, if, uh, if you are bored and watch and want to watch the WBC, I know that, uh, from the 108 and Sox machine have been combined doing watch parties on a website of the WBC, some of the WBC games, go ahead and hop on there with them. It's, uh, it's a good time. And, uh, Thanks, guys. We appreciate it, and we will see you guys next week. Have a good night. Thanks.